Welcome to the Tomb of Alfalfa, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. This is a weekly-ish podcast where we take a look at each episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer as it was originally aired 20 years ago, and today's episode is Season 3, Episode 16, Doppelgangland. We'll be talking about plot. We'll be talking about characters. We'll be talking about plot and characters. So spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, after it. Uh, comic books and possibly even other shows and movies hey you know we may not be reliable dog guys or people but i'd like to think that we go off at random intervals of fun man wow you could just redo that no that's it this is beat me here we go So I should have introed it. That should, have, should be the only intro. Yeah. Me. Here we go. Here we go. So the plot. <laughs> uh, we're, fantastic. We're back. Who are we? My name's Kelly and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Daniel. Say hello. Hello. Stacia, say hello. Hello. And we're here to talk about season three, episode 16, Doppelgangland of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which aired originally on February 23rd of 1999. Do you know what happened in this episode? Do no. you want me to tell you? No, I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, Anya. Remember Anya? We haven't seen her in a long time. She harangues Willow into doing a spell with her to get her power center back, uh, which was destroyed in the Wishverse. So they do a spell to retrieve it from the Wishverse, but it doesn't work. And instead, they retrieve a vampire Willow from said Wishverse. Uh, hijinks ensue. Vampire Willow gets sent back in the end. And that's about it for the plot. And it goes back to die immediately. Which doesn't sound like a lot happens, but this episode is fantastic. And it's just quotable all the way through. A couple of firsts. The most important first. Here comes a new challenger! Dehoffrin. Dehoffrin is here. The first sighting of Dehoffrin. We can put him on a watch if you want. It's not going to show up very much. You mean it's something blue, uh, Hell's Bells, and then in Selfless, he kills Halfric, which is, you know, a big deal because you can't just be killing people. Um, you can when you're like some sort of demon god. He's got so many powers, too. Yeah. Like he can open temporal portals. He can, his telekinesis. He has the power to make it rain blood later. He has the like, power to turn humans into demons. That's a big one. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he seems incredibly demons. powerful. Yeah. He's the like overseer of the realm of Arashmahar. So, you know, the guy's a big deal. <laughs> Iconic. <laughs> so, yeah. First appearance. We all know exactly what that is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Never need to question it. Uh, Sandy in this episode, who is the uh, girl that Vampolo feeds on at the bronze. Yeah, okay. She's in the show again. I could not fucking believe she's a vampire because we're like, it's assumed oh. that Willow turned her in this episode, which Ooh. I mean, it's a little weird. I feel like that she was sire somebody while she's in the middle of like organizing crime or whatever they were doing, right? <laughs> um, holding people hostage at the bronze. But that's not what organized crime is. Means. It, <laughs> is it? I, I think that's that could apply. Uh, so Sandy actually shows up in Family in season five, which is the episode that late. Yeah. Oh, I thought it would just be this season. Or no, something. no, no. Family, and then again uh, later in season five for Shadow, where she's killed. But yeah, Vampire Sandy is fucking a thing. Wow. She's she appears again. I could Sandy not believe watch. when I read that. Sandy watch. <laughs> <laughs> this episode that was written and directed by Joss Whedon. Uh, this is the eighth of the series that he writes and directs. Uh, the last one being Amend, but fourteenth written overall. Uh, 
but he decided to write this episode because of the wish. I was wondering earlier if perhaps they had had it, the idea all along, but he was inspired by Vampire Willow specifically to to make this episode. So it was not even going to be a thing if the wish had not existed. This would not exist. Uh, Andy Umberger, who is the guy who plays DeHoffrin, is one of only five actors to appear on Buffy, Angel, and Firefly. This episode... As no, 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 no. What is he in Firefly? A rando. He's like a ship captain in the pilot episode that you only see for five seconds. But he's there, mm. so it counts. But not as DeHoffrin. No, not as DeHoffrin. He also doesn't play DeHoffrin on Angel. He plays like a weird lawyer. Oh my so. God, get out of here. I know. Okay. I know. Uh, this episode is Joss Whedon's fifth favorite episode of the series. And he said, you quote, That's I guess he did. Okay. Well, yeah, actually, he has a list of them on the the like Buffy DVD box set thing. There's a little note from him. Oh yeah, that's he, right. He, he like, the pack is on there, right? Yeah. I think it we talked about it. It's a little weird to rank episodes where you've written some of them, but not all of them. Yeah. Like if you're ranking like your six books you wrote, that's not weird. But if you're like of all the episodes, everyone in the world has come together yeah. to write for Buffy. These 10 that I wrote are the pretty ones good. I wrote are the best. <laughs> <laughs> but I, that's not fair. I don't know that all of them were the ones that he wrote, but yeah. I understand your point. It's but it is weird. weird. If you, if you took the book thing, it's like, here are the books I wrote. Here are all the books in human history. Here's my top 10. And like <laughs> and six of mine. the top 10 are my books. <laughs> like that just seems wrong. So you either include them or you don't. Right? Fair That's enough. so weird. And on in that vein, what a weird he said, quote, some of the funniest stuff we've ever done. Again, that's just like a self-congratulatory. <laughs> I'm really funny, guys. Did you know? But I have to agree that this, this is, is some of the funniest stuff I've ever done. Why don't I believe him? Well, he lacks credibility. My notes is like three pages of quotes. I didn't really write anything because thoughtful. This, every line, just <laughs> yeah. amazing. We could just throw out Willow quotes for like the rest of the hour. It's true. I just found myself just quoting Willow. It took me two hours to watch this because it's just quote after quote after quote I'll after quote. After quote. That oh, yeah. That. I had to st- like stop. I had to stop because it was getting like out of control. <laughs> Allison Hannigan also really liked this episode, specifically uh, when she had to play Willow pretending to be Vamp Willow, which I'm like, that's fun because that's some Inception stuff. You're playing two characters because you're a real person who's acting like this person who's acting like this person. Mm-hmm. She, also, a fun little thing from the Watcher's Guide, book two. Yes, I do own that. Be jealous. Allison Hannigan... This is a quote directly from the book. Alison Hannigan was quite taken with the inserts in her costume, reporting that when they were moistened, she could slam them against the wall and they would stick. Now, I was really confused as to what this meant because in my head I'm picturing just... Chicken cutlets. And that's definitely... Yeah, eventually that's what I came to. Because at first I was like, so she got the corset wet and slammed herself against the wall? Because that's what I was envisioning, which didn't make any sense. But there's these things. Drag queen use them a lot, but they're also to like... It's like to what? Lift your boobs up or to like fill your bra out more? Like your bustier situation out more? Yeah, it gives you cleavage. But they look like raw chicken. Yeah, they're they're like silicone-y pieces you shove under your boobs that pushes your natural boobs up yeah and apparently yeah i guess if you get them wet you can slam against the wall which is just such a funny <laughs> thing hilarious. to think. Like, like, ah. so uh somebody draws uh, would be yelling cut and she's just like hey guys look at this and whipping out the thing <laughs> from her her corset and slamming it against a wall i'm looking around guy uh so this episode's fucking hilarious it doesn't really move the plot along very much in fact if there were plot or um you know lore to be discovered in this episode, it's yada yada off screen. And I really would like to talk about that in regards to the Washers Council. But overall opinion, this episode is hilarious. Every line is quotable. And uh, it's just so much fun. Every time we put our characters in an upside down situation where Willow's a bad person. And like, it just so fun. Uh, so what, what, Stacia, what's your opinion of this episode? 
feel like if I was a movie reviewer and this was a movie, I would say, what a fun romp. <laughs> <laughs> two thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, two thumbs up. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure every movie reviewer saves that romp line. Yeah. For like, they got to use it only once and it's got to be the right one. Yeah. And this is probably the right one. This yeah. is it. This is the one you save it for. Well spoken. Daniel, your opinion? Oh, I wholeheartedly agree with that. <laughs> It was so much fun. Using it, your one round? Nothing happened. Um, it was a great Buffy episode in that like, the, the writing was just out of control, especially after amends, right? He wrote amends. I mean, we all said this is probably the weakest Joss Whedon episode that probably is on the show. Mm-hmm. And to follow that up with maybe one of the strongest, especially writing wise. So funny. My God, it was so funny. Um, but it also does the stuff that Buffy the, does all the time, which is like nothing made sense. And people are leaving people alone to get kidnapped and like uh, the, the keys to the door uh, that they locked Dark Willow in, in the book cage, are yeah. just sitting on the deck. Like all these little th- plot things are just kind of ridiculous. Like Wesley showing up back at school to like save the day. I'm glad that they all happen. It's it's silly, but it's uh it's it is just a crazy episode. Situational comedy, I guess. That's what what we were doing in this episode. I was just gonna say I want to point out that this is a Willow centric episode mm-hmm. and therefore great. Yes. Yeah, well, let's roll on that. So I was trying to think. I mean, Xander's clearly gotten quite a few. You know, we started with the pack. I would say Teacher's Pet is an episode of his. Yes. Bother Be Witch People. They're sure. clearly the Zeppo. Uh, and there might be a couple in there, too, that I can't recall offhand. But other than I Robot You, Jane, all the way back in season one, yeah, I can't really remember a very Willow folk. I, we could say Gingerbread, kind of, but that was more about Joyce, if anything. She had more screen time, I think, for that. But yeah, yeah I wouldn't call it centric either. I thought mm-hmm. about that too. I'm like, I think it's I Robot Eugene. Mm-hmm. Like when we learn the most. Because mm-hmm. even like we see her mom for the first time, but that's so inconsequential because her mom just disappears and it's right. not well, a thing. Well, when you have like um, an episode where Willow is integral to the plot, like she's the one driving it forward. Yeah. As opposed to like Buffy. You know, True. I Robot Eugene is the only one where she's like, no, I'm dating this guy and you're going to leave it alone, Buffy. Yeah. You know, where she's making like her own choices versus supporting what's happening for the other characters, you know. And, you know, that's when you get the Xander centric episodes, too. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that Willow's really coming into the spotlight just now, which is sad because she's such a great character. But I think that it lends itself to Xander thinks he's the hero in his own story. He doesn't want to be the sidekick, but Willow's kind of been okay to resign herself to I'm Buffy's friend and I, I help Buffy. Until now. Until now. And now like and we'll see shortly in uh choices, so in a in a couple of episodes when she gets kidnapped and she's like stands up for herself and she doesn't really take any shit from Faith and mm-hmm. like she's really becoming a fully formed person. I think it's a combination of uh you know, she's feeling more confident in herself. She's got a boyfriend. She's a person. She's turning into a witch and she's like got all these things going on. And Buffy's been doing the faith stuff. So she's kind of had to rely on herself a little bit more, which makes her a more self-confident person. So way better than me. Much, much better. It's really nice to see. And I'm glad we get more Willow stuff going forward because it feels really one-sided. It's, I mean, it's Buffy's show. So of yeah. course she's gotten the majority of the episodes, but to have so many Xander one so far and this being like the the first real willow one that isn't i robot eugene which is kind of you know just lucky silly but i like it too because it's um you know the there is that we know willow's gonna go dark in season six but there is that line between 
kind of the kid willow, fuzzy sweater willow, mm-hmm. and then they're, you know, to get to adult willow. And we're like right there. And so it's really cool and, and kind of, you know, sad to hear her say things like, you're playing with some dark magic. Like I'll never do right, dark magic. And it's things. also like, we know what's going to mm-hmm. happen. So hearing her say that sucks, but it's also like, it's cool that she has these ideas and, um, uh, sort of a vision for who she wants to be. And she doesn't want to be a doormat anymore, but she still has these, um, you know, ideals and believes in good magic and good people and mm-hmm. things like that. So it's really cool to see all of those beliefs carry over into her becoming a witch and not wanting to be a dark witch, but then obviously becoming a very Whoops, dark witch. Whoops, to end the world. And then it's all so relative in the comics where it's just like, magic is just magic. Do whatever you want. And it's kind of, uh, it's all very strange now to look back on magic from so far away mm-hmm. especially so early right now because it's all very tiny like to hoffer is such a weird thing like you don't know what he's going to be if you're watching this live you know like whoa yeah. who is this weird fucking guy which is so cool Horn i like creature. that he's a through like he's mm. such a back tertiary character but i like that he's consistent because that's what i'm about continuity <laughs> but i mean this could have all faded away i mean you could have had to hoffer just to basically have this weird character that gets anya back into our story mm-hmm. And then Anya could have disappeared again and it would have been nothing. I mean, yeah. this would have been a classic Buffy. Go introduce a character, introduce an idea, and then it's gone. gone yeah, and that's from the world. initially what they thought they were going to do with her. She wasn't yeah. supposed to stay on, but they just ended up liking her. Same thing with Wesley. I found out they were going to kill him in a pretty brutal fashion really? within Buffy. Like he wasn't going to make it to Angel. Wow. Uh, I don't, they didn't say specifically what it was, but. Uh, but still, yeah. like that changes like. The entirety of Angel. That's crazy. I feel like we keep hearing everyone was, was supposed, supposed to, to be die. killed. Yeah, True. like Willow was supposed to die at some point. Faith was supposed to die. Everyone's supposed to die. And I wonder if it's just because Joss loves killing characters that he's like, oh my god, I just got an idea, guys. I think Faith should die, and then everyone has to talk him down. Yeah, yeah probably. No, I think so. Uh, I've mentioned that's before. what he was famous for before yeah, I even knew who true. he was. I always heard about him as he'll kill your favorite character before, Jared, before George, George R. 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 Martin was. was like, well, actually, I mean, George would have been first, but sure. Uh, but Joss, yeah, he's the he's the guy that kills everyone. And then George is like, ha! <laughs> <laughs> you would so never funny. kill Buffy. Like, yeah. that, that, that like, I be. fucking would, even though John comes back. But like, sure. Spoiler. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you said we'll spoil that's all true. TV. From you. Now my best friend is. What's going on? Jeez, who died? Oh God, who died? Uh, so yeah, I was. I, I've said it before that I think Joss maybe he. This episode is so good because he's doing what he's best at, which is writing great, funny, witty dialogue. And so I've good. said that I think he uses monsters as a way to get himself out of weird plot corners. Like, oh, I wrote this thing and I don't really know what to do, so I'll throw a monster. Like, we'll do a fight. And I think that the killing characters is the same thing. Like, I don't really know what to do with them. I'll just kill them. That'll be, you know, ooh, that's exciting. And it doesn't really take a whole lot of thought. I'll just kill them. Uh, but, I mean, I'm not a writer and writing stuff sounds hard. Imagining things is hard. I'm not good at that. I'm not very creative. So, do you think it's lazy to constantly kill your characters? Shots fired George R. R. Martin. Uh, because you don't know what else to do with them. Or maybe that's so. maybe that's a two-part question. Do you think he kills them because he doesn't know what to do with them, yes or no? And then do you think it's lazy to do that? Um, I don't think he kills them because he doesn't know what to do with them. I think he kills them because he likes killing them. Yeah. Which is, I, like, I understand, like, you know, having a character die brings up all this emotion. And I don't think that's, like, cheap or lazy writing, depending on, like, how and why you're doing it. Like, obviously, Joyce dying, like, that's not cheap. And that no, that's... Because he didn't know what to do with her. Like, right. that was... Something impactful, him, I don't know, having Faith hang herself off screen because, like, things got complicated and that felt like a dramatic way to end that storyline is maybe not, you know, 
the best choice? I killed her. And sucked her blood, as we vampires do. I feel like TV at the time, too, it was like everybody always felt so safe. And so if you could just go out of the box just a little bit and just kill a main, main character, I don't really know. That was probably a thing, and I'm sure you get addicted to it when I'm, you know, I think it just depends I on mean, how you do it. I think, you know, we've got a lot of shows now, like Walking Dead comes to mind, where it's like mm. a whole new cast from the beginning because they've killed everyone and introduced them and killed them again. And, yeah. mm, you know, like it just, like, I think part of it depends on the world that you're in that they're yeah. creating. Like, obviously, you're going to have zombies, people are going to have to die, or it's a really dull zombie show. Yeah. So, having characters die on a show like Buffy, that's not shocking, it's expected. I think it's also how much time you think you have. Like The Walking Dead is a never-ending show at this Apparently. point. Mm-hmm. And it's like you can just introduce and kill and have new people. But I don't know. When you're like working within a, within a year, it's like you might only think you have this amount of time. So a lot of – I mean, I, I don't know if it's lazy or not. Or who knows? But like at the end of a season, if that's the end of your show, it's like of all of it, you know, if resolution and, and death might go hand in hand. So – that's but then you have another season, and it's like, oh, well, okay, I guess we'll... I don't know, maybe... I want to know what deaths he maybe regrets. Well... Which one does he want to have back? I know Marty Knoxon said she regrets killing Tara, but well, like, sure, I think that's that. just because of backlash more than anything else. Yeah, and it's... it's I mean, that's maybe. just stupid. But yeah. And that's a, it's a great one. That's a great, stupid... Yeah, that's a good un- example of one that shouldn't have happened. Lazy, mm-hmm. just for... It's... Because, because it wasn't meant for her, yeah. you know, and like, I don't know, putting Willow through that trauma. All they were doing, they were doing like the fridging a woman thing. Right. They mm-hmm. were killed Tara, not on purpose. It wasn't meant for her just so you could push Willow to be a villain. Yeah. And otherwise, you know, she wouldn't have gotten to that point. Right. She was already doing bad things, but she wouldn't have tried to, to end the world. And mm-hmm. very I think her drive. descent into evil, you know, dark magic by her own would have been so much better, especially watching this episode where you're like. You know, it's so weird because Dark Willow was kind of played comically. She's like yeah, not she's that really dark, you know. Yeah. yeah, but also she's we don't know how dark it really is. You know, she's just kind of just a normal person walking around. You know, she only killed one person. It's not like she's like a super powered monster. Did try or something. to kill two other people, but yeah, I don't know. She also I mean, just. I think I it's kind. Of, it's hard when you've got a character like Willow, who's been so good and so sweet, to immediately like flip a switch and be like she's so evil and yeah, so yeah. Angel. I think that's where it comes and from that it doesn't feel real too, where it's like you need some time for everyone to recognize like Willow's bad like she needs mm. to go off into her dark mansion and be dark Willow and then yeah, I know. <laughs> do some dark stuff and then well that's why I think maybe six doesn't land for some people but I yeah. think when you rewatch it it does because all of, she was toying with darkness yeah and so it wasn't like a complete flip of the switch but it was enough of a flip where it's like it does feel cheap but I still it still worked because if she was just this willow and then just went to evil willow that's some bullshit like that would be bad writing but at least they she was drug addict first she was drug addict first and then then this was the inciting incident it's really nice that you guys miss me see you all didn't happen to do a bunch of drugs did you yeah and then we have to say like uh, tara never got to learn the truth she just got gaslit for a whole season and then dies yep yeah and then we all you know get mad at at willow for a minute you know because now she's evil but, but then, then of course we england and sits under a tree yeah all and better then, and then we accept her back without any problems i mean what lessons do you learn i don't know that's all garbage yeah, going back to the comics for a minute since we're just talking about willow stuff it's uh 
that always it's jarring the comics are jarring because they're not the show they are a lot different and just the scope is gigantic we're, we're doing things across the world as yeah. big as we can just because we can mm-hmm. like budget what's a budget we're just drawing shit yeah so uh not to diminish the artwork and other people working on it i just mean in the sense of like we can draw whatever we want um and willow when she goes into Frey's universe in the future she is super dark and fucked up and that's you know one of the plot lines of the comics and very cool and uh, even before that, when she's helping Buffy just during the regular course of season eight, it, it seems like leagues away from where we end in season seven. I, the last thing she does in season seven is to give the power to the Slayer to everybody, right? Like she, right. her hair turns white and is like, oh, I, I can be good, Willow. And it's like, okay. And that's a big deal. It's a, it's a weird, goofy spell thing, right? But I don't know how we get from that point at the end of season seven to what she's doing in season eight, which is just like she flies everywhere because yeah. she can. And like she raised these giant God things out of the ground. Mm-hmm. And just like it doesn't seem the Willow who's supposed to be on the path who, who our season three Willow who's like, no, there's rules for magic. And you right. should, you know, you can't do this with the chicken feet and the fucking getting the sofa and hell shit. Like, what are yeah. you doing? To to that person who so like I'll just raise yeah, yeah I'll just fly everywhere yeah because I'm so powerful that I can yeah it's wild well and isn't that a whole plot point with Tara where she's like I just magicked up the decorations it's not a big deal and Tara's like you can't just do that right. for anything like magic is special and it yep. can't just but she should have learned her lesson at the end of season six right that's the whole yeah, point and exactly then, and then she just reverts back I heard you were pretty powerful Wicca so you heard right Mister I- I'm always ready to work some dark mojo. So, tell me, is it dangerous? Oh, no. Well, can we pretend it is? I mean, what's interesting about Frey, though, and, and does tie into this, is they definitely, throughout the whole show, get better at, like, time travel. Not so much traveling, but, like, conceptualizing other universes. Mm-hmm. Because Frey is in a different universe, and there's yeah. a lot of, like, dark and, and light willow. I mean, I don't know how to call these different willows. <laughs> there is this competition between them, because the whole idea is, like, going back in time to extract the dark willow from that, that universe in Frey, right? Because she's, right. like, ruling, and it's like, if we could... Yeah, they weren't trying willow to, like, the take villain the, of, She's like, the villain the, of the Frey universe, yeah. right. So there is all the other universes. And so it's kind of weird to have this be our, we had the wish first, obviously, mm-hmm. but then they plucked a person out of another universe that was replaying a moment that we had seen. Like she gets taken out just before she dies Vamp to be the, put the back first, in yeah. right before. And then she dies again. Mm-hmm. Does that moment replay forever? What, I mean, they they don't address it, but like, what is time where is this universe? Why did she come out at that moment instead of like as a 10 year old girl or right after the, the vampires took over and like, she just got turned. Why this moment, obviously for storytelling reasons, but there's like, and, and an ethical question of sending her back. Why would you send back a demon, a bad character back into this other world? You know, you don't know she's about to get killed instantly. I think the time and place makes sense, especially the going back in time, because Anya specifically says, like, I need to go back to the time and place my necklace was lost. And they did lost. do that, yeah. So that would be why you would get Willow from that point. Right, That's because a fair point. That's a fair point. if you remember, the whole, like, while that fight is taking place, Giles and Anya are in his apartment, and he's about to smash it. Those things are happening at the same time. Okay, that's yeah. legit. So theoretically, mm-hmm. if they had gotten the actual necklace instead of grabbing Willow, that's a good they would have gotten it from right then in, in Giles' apartment. So the time makes sense there. That does, that does. 
And I guess that if we keep riding that train, it would make sense that she would be sent back to that yeah. same moment. But then time is relative because that moment is, yeah, we're going back to play it out. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's interesting to, I mean, what, what if she knew she was about to get staked? I mean, because if you took her out like that and she goes back in and she pivots, she might not. But she didn't die. know she was about to get. I know, stayed. and that's yeah. what I mean. And at first, I I thought that was like going to be the rub. Like when she was seeing all the flashes from the wish, I thought Light Willow, Fuzzy Willow, was going <laughs> to know something, you know. But what if she did know? Like, what if Anya was like, "Hey, you're you're gonna." I mean, she. How would she know? I don't right, know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm just saying, you're fucking with time and space at that point. If she comes back into that world, pivots. Or Oz trips or something else happens because time is then replaying. But then you're playing with like, what are the rules of all of this? And then you get really, for lack of a better word, lost. Uh, And that's really it. Lost is the time travel show and they they tried their best to like make a rule for it. But I don't know. It's I love watching time travel stuff because it, it always I'm just trying to. It does. Yeah. It's hard to um, explain. And that's why you're fine when you're in multiple universes mm-hmm. happening all at the same time, and time doesn't matter. And that's why the Frey stuff is all cool because you can really tap into it and then leave, and you can go back in time, and everything's fine and existing. And I don't know. But as far as why they sent her back, I mean, it, they didn't. Willow didn't want to kill her because it was too weird, right? I know, but Which I kind of understand, but not really. Let Buffy do it then. I think right? it's ethically dubious to send a back vampire. a character. It's still a vampire. And I like, don't think it's ethically dubious. A version of you is existing where Xander's a bad person. And I mean, they don't know all the details, but like this seems like a powerful vampire creature. Mm-hmm. Why would you send that to any universe? I mean, that's how I feel. Like, why this is ba- this is bad in this universe. So if we're just going to relativize everything and be like, well, maybe it's good in their universe, you can make that call, I guess. But then why kill any demon? Why do anything to anything? Like, you only know this world. You know vampires are bad. I feel like you should kill this vampire. I feel like you shouldn't send a vampire in an envelope back to where <laughs> it came from. I don't know. That's just how I feel. I don't, maybe. What's the uh, argument for not yeah. killing um, that she's a creature out of time and place and she deserves to go back to where she belongs. Like whether that's ethically good or wrong, I think is irrelevant. It's just, you know, like, yeah, she's probably going to do bad in that world, but she's meant to do bad in that world. And you don't know. It's like the stepping on a butterfly thing. Know. You know, like you don't know what it would do to not have her there. Maybe she kills someone who's bad and who then goes on and serial kills people. Like, well, that's you, know, what you can't I was see like what the, you know, the ripples are of her being removed from that universe. I know. So I think that would be the argument for sending her back. <laughs> See, and it's just so weird too, because in in your head, and I'm sure for all of their heads, when I send back Willow, I don't send her back to the, f- the pause frame right. that she left from. You know what I mean? Like if she disappeared, that would have continued to play out. Buffy and I mean, the master would have won, right? But everybody would be dead. And then like three days go by and then Willow just <laughs> back into the world and be like yo oh shit everyone's dead everyone's dead no, the human except factory. for me and the master yeah <laughs> no no the human factory <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah this didn't work we got to <laughs> go back to the blueprints but the master would have won that's that would be cool but we know she dies and oh. no that's weird though the pause frame on another universe is very strange i to think me. it's I just know. that it's not you know the time in both universes is separate. Like yes. they're working at different times. So even though this happens over the span of three days or whatever yeah. in our world, in that universe, you know, like it's not that it's pause. It's just, 
you know, happening in like a split second. Oh, no, I know. I totally know. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's I, just I love that. and weird. And- Look, m- magic is dangerous, Anya. It's, it's not to be toyed with. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have someone else's homework to do. Yeah, well, so I think the sweater was a totally intentional choice because yes. not only has Willow been def- already dressing differently this season, bucket hats aside, mm-hmm. uh, she, that 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 sweater is over the fucking top. It like is. It's got plastic flowers. On I mean, it she had a fuzzy skirt too. It's yes. like just mm-hmm. fuzz all the way. That was season one stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was yeah, really exactly. Fun. So I think that was completely intentional to show like Willow is changing into a different character. Hey, it must be the clothes. It's a fluke. It's a clothes fluke. That's what it is. And there'll be no more fluking. Not ever. We gotta get out of these clothes. Right now. Oh, I didn't mean. I didn't mean either. Not reliable dog guys or person anymore. So I want to talk about everybody's favorite character, Faith. Because she's oh. back. <laughs> so I'm going to skip over the beginning part because I want to talk about that separately at the beginning of the episode. I just mostly want to talk about her relationship with the mayor. Now, I famously love the relationship because I think that it's amazing that the mayor Wilkins, who is a hundred year old demon, who's sugar daddy, call him. No. Okay. So that's what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. So you I think know. that's gross and you think that's gross. And I do too. Objectively faith doing that is gross. I mean, mayor Wilkins did exactly what he's supposed to do, which is instantly rebuff and be like, this is not the relationship we're going to have. Sure. But the, what I want to talk about is why faith would say that in the first place. Now, I think that you can read faith either way as a perpetrator or a victim of her own making right so i think that faith has had a terrible shitty life and she has clearly terrible relationships with men Uh, if we go all the way back even to beauty and the beasts all men are beast buffy every relationship she's had with like it seems that men only want sex from her she's 15 16 and like that's how she sees the world even as recently as as consequences in last episode the way she deals with angel like are we gonna party or are you gonna fucking let me go because she's expecting that he wants the same thing that every man that's ever been in her life wants just wants to have sex with her and everything is a ploy to that and she's over time taking that to mean like well i should at least get everything i can before they get what they want so i'm gonna leverage every situation i'm in with my body with whatever to get everything that i want to give because I know what this guy wants so she's treating the mayor the same way like oh this old creepy dude's giving me this fucking apartment in this PlayStation it's because he wants me to fuck him sure and like that sucks that sucks that that's her reality sure. and that that's how she would handle the situation and how she would perceive any kind of respect or or like uh, affection from a man in any way as oh you just want to use me thanks sugar daddy now faith I don't find that sort of thing amusing I'm a family man so that comment is gross, but I feel really bad for Faith that that's been her experience. Now, she also seems to to be in control of herself. Like she, I mean, obviously as the Slayer, she has the strength to put the kibosh on any kind of potential assault, yeah. right? But that doesn't change the fact that people would still be trying to do that to her. So that yeah, sucks. that makes sense. But how much of it does she go and get herself. I think at some point after you've been the victim of stuff like that, you just turn it on its head and you're like, fuck it. No, I'm doing this because I want to. Yeah. Like I'm going out and fucking these guys because I want to. But she she did she does know the mayor's bad and, and went to the mayor, so she's chosen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I feel like it's a separate I, Yeah, I know. It is a separate yeah. thing, but I think that's why I'm I, I, immediately i have no sympathy well the mirror is, the screen, is still using her which is the saddest part so it made me think about that unreliable narrator shit which pissed me off that i thought about <laughs> that because i was like in faith's head are we seeing how he is how the mayor actually is with her or are we seeing what faith is seeing about the mayor 
is he really this nice, generous guy that cares about her in a paternal way and wants to take care of her and thinks of her as a daughter? Or is he actually like more monstrous and just like you are a fucking tool. You're nothing to me. Like there is really no love there. But Faith reads it that way because she's so used to people abusing her and taking advantage of her. And I was like, F you guys for making me think these thoughts. (laughs) Okay, so this is the this is the struggle that I have with Faith and the mayor. Not that anyone asked. I'm going to tell you. Well, no, that was I was I was sorry. That was a long point. But yes, I want to know. It's written down. What do you think of that? (laughs) I don't think. That the relationship between Faith and the mayor is paternalistic in any way. I don't think he sees her as a daughter. I don't think she sees him as a father. I think he has shown he cares about manners. He cares about appearance. He cares about doing what is the right thing. Like the mayor has a specific idea about the way the world should work. You know, he thinks that being polite is important. Being on time is important. Washing your hands is important. important. I think that if you get a 16-year-old girl who comes and says, I want a job, you do what is right, which is make sure she has a safe place to sleep. You give her her PlayStation. You take care of her. I don't think it's a paternal feeling that he's like, oh, she's my daughter and I want to care for her. I think it's him going, this is the correct way to act. And when she's like, hey, sugar daddy, he's like, no, I'm your boss. I'm paying you. Like, don't be creepy. Yeah. I would agree with you to the the mayor that we've seen up until this point that you could definitely make that argument. Going forward, however, he even straight up says to Giles, like, in the, like you treating your daughter that way. Like, I would never treat my daughter this way. Like, it's, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's something like that. And then when we get to season four in uh, This Year's Girl, I think, there's a, a video. He left a video for Faith. Yeah. And he's just like, you know, you're my, spe- like, you're, you're, I, I think it makes it really clear as we go on that it's definitely more of a paternal thing. He's got a hundred days left yeah. and he's like, I haven't been a dad. You got the brains. He's got the fast break. It's a perfect match. Match? You want us to breed? I want you to tutor him. <laughs> I'm going to be a dad. <laughs> dad to this weird orphan girl. But no, I, I, I agree with you. Like mm-hmm. that's the read that I was sort of having because he says all that stuff, you know, no, I'm a family man. Like, no, you're not, but you are to the world at large. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've been doing this whole time. But I don't, I forgot all about all that crap. Yeah. Know? But that's, that's an interesting perspective. And I think mm-hmm. it's totally true. And it would be for everybody he interacts with in the regular world. And it's interesting to think that he's probably tapping into when he did have a family. Cause later we find out, I, th- I think we find out, or this is canon somewhere else that he had a, a wife that he loved very much. And like, she, he had to watch her die. And cause he's talking about kind of musing on immortality and how, Oh cause, yeah. He's giving the speech to, to angel. He's like, um, you'll watch your age and you know, this is no kind of life for a young girl, what you're doing to her. Yeah, it gets real good. The mayor is great. So, there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited because he's, he's wonderful, but yeah. Faith is not. And then, talking about Faith a little, but mostly... This is what I want. Yeah. I Okay, so the very beginning of the episode, Willow and Buffy are having a conversation about a uh, psych evaluator from the council who's been evaluating Buffy and Faith off screen. He even has that test to see if you're crazy that asks if you ever hear voices or if you ever wanted to be a florist. Oh, I used to want... Wait, florist means crazy, right? I never wanted to do that. Along with, perhaps, some other members of the council who are evaluating them in other ways. We never meet them. Uh, They're never named or shown. Um, I don't Why do you think it was in the episode? Because I was distracted by the CG the pencil. fake oh, yeah. ass <laughs> pencil spinning yeah. Not forever well. and ever and ever. Yeah. Uh, I actually, when you said it all, I was like, oh yeah, they were talking about like 
you know, those tests you take to say if you're going to be right. Cause it's like, if you're a florist, you're a the murderer or whatever. I was like, that's Rorschach, weird. Associative logic. And that test to see if you're crazy that I asked if you heard voices or everyone to be a florist. Yeah. And I just thought they were just uh spitballing, but I went back and listened to it too. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. there's like this happening. Mm-hmm. What is this thing? A quick note. We all know what Rorschach is, right? It's the ink blot thing yeah. that you like make up the picture and whatever the picture is says that, you know, yes. you want to kill people or whatever. And then, uh, the TAT is actually a similar thing. Thematic, App perception test so instead of it being Rorschach it's actually a picture you're still making up the details of the picture the characters oh, in cool. it their motivations but it's a it's an actual picture um and then the the uh, the other thing she's like the one that lets you know if you're crazy or hearing voices or whatever one to be a florist uh that one I don't know and associative logic is you know say the first thing that comes to mind and what you associate this and this so uh this sounds really interesting and it sounds like the council is a big fucking deal and they're actually coming to handle their shit for once in their fucking lives and we don't get to see it. We don't get to see it at all. There's not even like, you know what would be really funny? I understand if you don't want to dwell. Maybe it's not that interesting. There's a lot of shit It's going not on that this. interesting. It's not. I would say, I don't Especially want this to episode, watch which this. Is hilarious. Like yeah. if you really minimize the time that we had in this episode, which was chock full of quotes and stuff, I'd be pissed. However, I think we had a whole season where there was some fat and oh, we could yeah. have fucking used that time what like we could have had an episode in between consequences and doppelgangland or doppelgangland could have been earlier in the season or whatever you want to do where we went from the last thing that happened with faith and our friends was she was running away from the council from handcuffs yes wesley fucking handcuffs you're going to fucking england to fucking jail (laughs) yes and then she's just back She's just back and Hang no it one's out. saying anything. And instead of her being shipped to England again, which that was the plan. Okay, I get it. Fine. We've Instead, we're going to have you be here. We've decided it's less disruptive for you and your personal growth. But if not for you and your personal here. growth. You're losing your mind. Yeah, exactly. We'll brought our people here instead. But like, okay, if you don't want to spend the time on it in this episode again, you could have put it somewhere else. But I think it would have been really fucking funny if either during the, the, the pencil flipping scene or when Faith comes in back in the library with Wesley, if we zoom out and there's just like a guy on the side, it's like, who's this guy? Oh, that's Steven from the council. Okay. And then we just like never address it again. Like that would, even that would have made me be like, that's, you know, that's the psych guy from, I don't know. And I really, part of me, as cheesy as it is, wants a fucking training montage. Like I want to know how good Buffy did on the track. Like I want to know. And I just, I feel like that would have been so fun. Why didn't we get that? And instead we get stupid shit like i don't know what's been a bad filler episode this season oh and i mean everything at the beginning um the yeah. glove of minigon oh god we could have skipped Glenn one post, post. Get out of here. we could have real council people doing know, psych tests instead bored now when faith <sighs> walked into the library i was i genuinely floored i was like whole i i thought we would not see her again it makes you feel like you skipped an episode i know yeah. she what? is evil and she should not be here <laughs> even just with the awkward ass conversation with you know, I don't care. I don't like. Well, they that's had that, weird. Like, pointed thing where she was like, I was just like going off at the mouth, like I'm totally on board. She did say that. Where, yeah. Like they tried to like angle in, like no, there is a plan, kind of. We talked about off screen. Right. Yeah. yeah. She's fine. Like this is not the next day afterwards. They've made up weirdly, yeah. and like, like this has to be like, time has passed. Time has passed. Weeks. Yeah. Yeah. The little fun yeah. like punch on the arm to Buffy. Go I know. Tiger. What oh, the fuck? She was like, Who is this character? Where are we? That was all very poor, but I, yeah. I love this like council existing in the background because even just showing up in consequences was fucking dumb. And like the fact that they're still here is fucking dumb. And holy shit, why is Wesley still in this fucking library and in the school? Like if we yeah. just went to somewhere with less hallways, we could really handle our shit better. That's what I feel. Because when we got to chase fucking after Cordelia in the hallway later, not fun. 
It's not great. So many hallways. Also, how did all these classrooms, we've never even talked about it, they all interconnect. They're all like, what is yeah, this school? There used to be doors between the classrooms. What is this school? We, I had a, we had a few in yeah. my high school that were connected that were probably like older before they kind of re- renovated stuff, but usually just two. But it seems like they're running through multiple, <laughs> like everything's just connected. That seems crazy to me. Jazz, planning on jumping in with an explanation anytime soon? Well, uh, something. Something um, very strange is happening. Can you believe the Watchers Council let this guy go? I don't know. Just get a smaller place, guys. I mean, the Magic Box, right? They get the... That's right. usually where they meet later once they're yeah, out of school. Yeah, season four, they always meet at Giles' apartment, which is weird. And we, well, which is great, box. though. I mean, so many great scenes. At least it makes a little more sense. And it's tiny. No, there's no hallways. <laughs> no one's running. <laughs> oh, come on. So, so much better. No so much better. Yeah, I uh, wrote notes in the last episode that we watched Consequences about the council. Mainly, I had this realization, like, why is everyone from the council English? Like, yeah. if this is like a worldwide problem and there's only one slayer, it seems like there would be a delegate from every country saying, totally. no, but my country has an apocalypse and I need her. And that she would be more like some sort of like trained assassin assassin slash state agent that just has to like go and move between all these countries and these like varying needs. And in my head, I pictured that scene from the rescuers down under, or the rescuers, like both of them, I guess, where they have like this international council of mice, and they're all sitting in front, like at their desk with like a sign that says like Israel, Japan, China, or whatever, and then they're all like voting on things. And I was like, that's what the council should look like. Why is it just a room of six white British people? R E S C U E. Monsters. Yeah. And you would think that they would have parlays with like the actual like with Hogwarts and stuff. It's like they once you get into power, you know, the president knows about magic. So like when things go on, you know, it's all some secret big conspiracy cabal thing. But like, wouldn't the real world want to know? I mean, wouldn't you want to? Yeah, because I mean, the cops know and like the mayor's a thing and the mayor's involved and Snyder knows like how you couldn't keep this thing a secret. You would definitely have a UN and then a fucking council UN, right? Yeah. For sure. And yeah. then there would be a delegate from the council UN that interacts with the world government UN. Yeah, yeah. Uh, originally, Wesley was supposed to be an American watcher, and then now that you bring it up. And I guess they wanted him to be kind of the character that Michael J. Fox plays in that show he was famous for being on, not Spin City, but the one that made him famous with the kids. Stephanopoulos. I know that's a real person, right? George Stephanopoulos. Is, uh, he's with the uh, Okay. Not you sure it's not Spin City? No. Well, I mean, he was in Spin City, but he was in like he's the middle child, but he's like way beyond his years. Like he wears suits to school and he reads the paper every day. Charles in Charge or something? Yeah, like that. But it wasn't that. Anyway, he wanted him to be like that. He being Josh Whedon wanted him, Wesley, to be like that, like an American cocky kind of guy. Like I'm just at school and I know everything and blah blah. But they. Which is fine. Um, 
disappeared, it wouldn't have felt fine. I think it's only fine in hindsight. It's fine because Wesley's awesome. Yeah. Like, I love Wesley so much. Yeah, and even watching him here, I'm like, I, I hate you, but man, I fucking <laughs> love you. I've been enjoying watching him. I yeah. used to find him annoying right? until he gets to Angel. Uh, but I really... Yeah, yeah, no. It, it's so fun to see him be completely worthless. It, it is, and he's worthless a lot in the first. You know, I think he shows up in season two in Angel, and he's just such a he's just like a drunk worthless dad. too. They're like you know, Hunter right? Doesn't he? Yeah, shows up in yeah. that fucking car, and they're like driving through the right. And he's like got a, like a Corvette or something like that. He's like going around. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. the oh, it's so funny. Oh wow. I don't remember. Oh, Angel. Yeah. yeah, he had like a silly name for himself. Like oh, wait. something Demon he Hunter. He rogue Demon Hunter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Demon Hunter. When he first shows up, he does have a weird car. He does. Yeah. yeah. He's a cool guy. We're in leather everything. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. he's, he's just car like, guy. Yeah. He's <laughs> car guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Is this a penis metaphor? Okay. But, like, the first season was all just a joke, and then he yeah. becomes a real. Yeah. Now that we know he's on the show for sure. Yeah, he's got to be a real character. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we finally committed. Yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's yell some stuff. That is not about the council because we already talked about that. Even though I gotta say half of my shit, it's just why the who are these fucking anyway. Station, well, you want to didn't mention off? it once. <laughs> um, so fun to have Snyder in the episode. He's always so repugnant and disgusting, and having him be like, "Willow, you're worthless, and who cares about what you're doing? I don't care that you're the smartest person in the school. Uh, you're you've gonna already got your acceptance. Losers of homework. Yeah. Oh yeah, didn't you say like I, I don't care that you taught Jenny Calendar's class for the yeah. whole end of last yeah. year? He was like, uh, whatever, you have time. What are you doing on a Friday night or something? And I was like, um, she taught Jenny's class for like a year unpaid. Are you freaking kidding me? Give back to the community. Well, didn't he imply that he was like, I know you like to teach or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he I did. Mean, it's like, and then he was like, you need to give back to the community, and I was like, what? I was such a knowing. That was wonderful with him because he mentioned oh, go fish. We don't want it to happen like our yep. swim team last year. Like. Whoa, Whoa! Continuity. Bringing up events from the past. <laughs> Daniel? The Sunnydale Cinema is playing a movie called Hotel, rated R. Ooh. And I think it's uh, another one called The Goose Ran Away. And so the goose <laughs> ran, and then it looked like it was going into an A. So I'm going to assume ran away. Did you look to see if these are real movies? No, absolutely not. Ah. Um, they're not movies. The Goose Ran Away, really? I, mean, I, don't know. I hope it is. But it's quite, quite confusing because... Uh, Dark Will is walking through, of course, Maple Court. The shot for shot of Cordelia with the wish. We of them, yes. But with all the people instead of no one. I mean, all the all people. All the street. Oh all God. the people walking oh in the middle of the street. It doesn't matter. It's crazy. But it was confusing because there were a bunch of kids around, which implies the goose ran away is probably G rated. <laughs> but then like there were those couple of little horror things where people are screaming and like there are adults going in apparently to see hotel. I can't decide like what is playing right now because I, I got to say it's probably a one- a one-screen one screen. cinema. Yeah. So I'm thinking that the goose ran away, let out, and That's all the whole kids hotel is starting. Oh, right. That's all I can assume. Okay. Wow. I didn't even notice that on the marquee, so yeah. thank you for that. Yes. What a little insight. Couldn't see it. The quality's too bad that when we get a good shot of the whole cinema, couldn't read it. It's blurry. It sucks. As more of the madness of the beginning of this episode, Stacia pointed out that Willow was acting like Faith killed the... DMAF, RIP, on purpose. Like, like, well, she's a murderer. No, no, no. As we learned, she's a manslaughterer, and it was an accident. It's true. And, like, I just... Hard, hard to shake it, though. Hard to shake that... Uh... I just don't know why we can't... Stick with facts. The facts are Faith did an accident, which is why we are rehabilitating her instead of putting her in But prison. the facts are also that Faith is a asshole and <laughs> fucker. No, she's not. Playful punches. Bitch. Station. <laughs> wrong with you 
Um, I thought I noticed this in the last episode too with consequences, but I thought face uh, wardrobe choice was interesting, and I do think that we get and even like Willow's uh, bad Willow and good Willow. Regular Willow. Yeah, right. Reliable Dark Willow. Willow. Bad Fuzzy Willow. Willow. <laughs> Vampire Willow and Reliable Willow. Like, those are very specific wardrobe choices. So, I think them putting Faith in a white shirt and a baby blue sweater mm. felt very, like, innocent and pure. But mm. then also, she's wearing black leather pants because she's a double agent. You can't trust her. Whoa. <laughs> they really thought this one out. It's yeah. true. Ooh, that sounds like them. Oh, thanks. What? Old Reliable? Yeah, great. There's a sexy nickname. Um, all of them when they thought that Willow had gone bad and are sitting oh. on the, and then Willow comes in as maybe like Loki, one of my favorite scenes of the whole show so far. Like Joss Whedon agrees. Just really, Here I mean, good for them. I mean, fucking all that bullshit on the bluff with Angel, right. thinking that's about fuck that. This was so good. Mm-hmm. Everybody just like going up and hugging her, and even just Will. I mean, Willow, my one of my favorite lines when she says. Uh, it's really nice that you guys miss me. Say, you, you didn't want to do a bunch drugs. of drugs, did you? <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. I've, just, I've used lovely. that line in my real life multiple times. It's nice. Yeah. Nice. I mean, this episode is rife with shit I've stolen and we can just go off on our favorite quotes. I oh, I know. I know. We'll but then it, but then like when it calms down after Giles like just rushes her, it's so great. And then it's like, everyone's like, Giles. And he's like, something, something weird is <laughs> happening here. And I'm like, that's so Giles. Like you're trying to like compose yourself back together, but like you're so happy at the same time. It was very cute. This scene's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I really like that Vamp Willow is a great fighter. Like that she, as her time happened, like as she, cause she must've been turned early. And we guess we don't know. We don't know in the alternate know. universe, like what year she would have been turned, but it seems like she can kick ass cause mm-hmm. she takes those vampires out. With no fucking problem. So that made me happy. I also like the way that um, Allison Hannigan plays fake or good Willow as bad Willow and how she's like constantly readjusting herself in the outfit and yeah. just like can't quite get comfortable. I think that's really I also like this world just to piggyback on that when she takes her breaks the, the, the breaks the fingers. It's like you work for a shadowy organization. Break one finger. <laughs> uh, you work for. Oh, it turns out the mayor break one more finger. Oh, I know. I work for you. And then, like, that's it. Yep. That was all the pressure applied. Yep. And then, like, I just work for you now. Yep. And, I, and I'm unquestioning <laughs> yeah. instead of, like, oh, yeah, I totally work for you. Walks ahead and then stake her. Right? Like, what What are we doing? He's a that's terrible That's all it guy. takes to be... Just a born henchman. He's just waiting for somebody. To take just waiting for somebody to just tell him <laughs> what to do. Stasia. Um, I like the scene when we get Willow... Or Willow. When we get Buffy and she sort of bounces up, skips up to Xander, and she's like, are you going to introduce me to your friend? As if... Xander would be hanging out with a hot red-haired chick <laughs> that you've never and she met just before. Acts like it's a normal thing that she would just not know this person. But then it was really fun when she's like, "Oh, holy god, holy Willow. god, you're Willow." <laughs> there you are. Hey, Buff. Why don't you get just me to your holy god, you're Willow? Angel, knowing that Willow is a little gay, like when that line happened, oh and then Angel was just Classic. like, "But it's extraordinary. It's horrible." That's me as a vampire. I'm so evil and skanky. And I think I'm kind of gay. Well, I just remember a vampire's personality has nothing to do with the person it was. Well, actually, it's a good point. Never mind. No, it's fine. Uh, I thought that was really fun. And also this whole angel being angel from the show, mm-hmm. in this show. Guess sorry, awesome. Buffy the Vampire. I, fucking <laughs> lo- I love that we've really turned Angel around mm-hmm. and that we are just focused on Angel of the series. Oh, wait. 
the the library scene part do when Angel comes in and is shaky. I don't know how to tell. Willow. Oh, hey Willow. Yeah. Or she's right there. I thought he was gonna like rush her and hug her too, which I'm glad he didn't because that would have been quite out of character. Out of character for Angel. Yeah. Although he gets there in Angel the Show, I feel like he gets. Yeah, but we're like prototyping Angel the Show at this point, so we can't have him just hugging people. Yep. Theater. Um, I really like that scene between Vamp Willow and Cordelia when Cordelia is like, I could get the keys, but I could also make you sit here and listen to me. What are we going to talk about? Yes. <laughs> oh, that was really fun. So good. <laughs> Smart. Huge question. Who stripped Willow out of yeah, their outfits? Right. And I, I, have a, I, I just have a huge problem with it because why didn't you tie her up? Why, you know, you've tied up vampires before and they're stuck. They're just stuck. So the fact that they not only stripped her, which alone, they could have just put her in a corner mm-hmm. and put a blanket on her, a potato sack. Why do you why redress do you her, redress her yeah. with your fuzzy in your clothes, which will just sow confusion later on? If if Cordelia walked in on a potato sack, <laughs> with, Willow, we Willow, in a, which no, because you would put her behind the thing you know there you wouldn't even know she was there right so obviously I mean, willow like, did it right willow after hours why is cordelia even there that's a great point thing but great point willow is definitely the one right i mean willow would have done it yeah undressed herself and herself. which yeah. imagine that fucking weird i've had yeah. that thought too yeah all of this is so strange it just and i love it so meticulous and time consuming for something we don't have fucking time well and also like just watching uh you know people uh or if you've ever been or like seen your grandparents in like a, a house a home or whatever you lifting dead weight mm-hmm. to fucking put on someone's underwear like get out of here well, man as you saw in the halloween episode willa is ripped oh yeah she is kind of kind of muscular yeah but I, well, she to had, just yeah, lift her own yeah. body up to like, I was gonna say, well, and also very like roll her over, <laughs> unzip the corset, and roll her out of it. Well, <laughs> to get that one, but then it's one thing to take someone's clothes off; it is so much harder to, to put it back it. on. Yeah. She's wearing tights, tights, and that's the thing the too. Fuck? Tights and like, and put the shoes, shoes back on. on. Yeah. Like clearly, the, she was just filming in this. I get it, and she just lays down. But potato sacks, what are we doing? I don't get it. I like that Angel and Oz are buds. Apparently, they just have a nice, easy rapport. But, I mean, Oz gets along with everybody, I'm sure. But still. And uh, where the fuck is Angel going on those ropes? Because they seem to be behind a stage, which would imply to me that they're for so curtains good. or something. Not I thought to lights. Or, yeah. yeah, anything but an escape hatch. Like, what, <laughs> what the fuck? How is he getting outside? But later, Devin knew because he jumps on them at the end. When he's, like, trying to get out but cannot climb it. He's just in the background for it. It's well, amazing. Just, we see him jump on it, and he's just still going. And then I mean, we see him not. To assume that there's just a hole in this warehouse because we I also know. know it's like riddled with cockroaches that yeah. it's just basically dilapidated right and yeah. angel climbs up the light rope and then catapults himself through <laughs> the dilapidated <laughs> hole in the roof right okay. because you would just basically go up to like i well we've seen the awning we've seen you know you can walk up those stairs and kind of yeah. have this overview i assume above the stage is probably that too like a oh, normal maybe like a catwalk type of thing where catwalk. they all hang out but Above you is still the ceiling. Like he's right. got to jump up to like some crazy like so opening. So even if Devin made it up there, he's not getting up. Yeah, <laughs> but there might be access to the stairs up there, oh, which means that there's access to the stairs from below because nobody needs to take the rope to get up to the catwalk. <laughs> so many way. questions. <laughs> Stacia, um, I really like the way that Vampulo after she gets shot with Oz's like sleep gun. 
tranquilizer gun. Mm, sleep gun. That's she's so just, cute. I couldn't think of the word. I'm like, you know, go sleep to gun, out thing. gun. Uh, she's just like, bitch. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's the moment you handcuff her. Come on. What are we doing? So here? good. That was wonderful. And also like, to go back to that too, why didn't they just have somebody holding the gun, waiting for her to wake up and then shoot her again? The fact that they left her alone. Yeah. Obviously, we need to just move the plot along. But those that would are have those. been a good job for Faith. Great job for right? Faith. Babysitting. And yeah, shooting people. But she was being <laughs> evil and playing PlayStation at the Mayor's so. house. Oh That's my gosh, she's right. probably playing Crash Bandicoot when she could have been here <laughs> doing some fucking work. You're right. Daniel? Oh, uh, Oh, just to go back on that that Angel and Oz, uh, one scene that I just laughed really hard for was when he was like, the vampire's like, if you all don't do anything, no one's going to get hurt. And then Angel says, why don't I believe him? And Oz says, well, he does lack credibility. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Okay. uh, Do you have any more stuff? Uh, No, except for the the Wesley Cordelia thing is gross and very uncomfortable. And again, hallways, as we as we said. Yeah, get less hallways are gross so should you have anything else mm. i mean we have the watches but yeah well i propose that we just throw down some quotes a quote lightning around super fast do you have so, any other quotes yeah as fast as we can do this is gonna have some right, editing so we'll, and post we'll go or we <laughs> go back to the old format where we just yell it's like crazy people no we'll we'll i'll edit it okay go. he's not gonna be on the cover of sanity fair <laughs> you want us to breed <laughs> I'm eating this banana. Lunchtime be damned. Buff, I'm storming off. It doesn't work when you're coming. Sorry. I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna finish the quote. Oh, 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 the banana one. Oh, yeah, oh, lunch be damned. Buff, I'm storming off. Oh, it doesn't really work if you're coming with me. Yes. Uh I call that a radical interpretation of the text. Ooh, one I steal from my personal life too. Really? Yes. Old reliable. There's a sexy nickname. That's right. Uh I'm a blood sucking fiend. Look at my outfit. That's a little blacker than I like my arts. Me and Oz go Mistress of Pain every night. <laughs> hands. Hands in new places. Bored now. Nice. Strangely, I feel like staying at home. And doing my homework. And flossing. And dying a virgin. You know, you can OD on virtue. Want to be bad? Who? What? Bad Willow, Pam Willow says that to Willow. Oh, says, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to be bad? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Oh, yeah, then hands, hands. (laughs) And then I liked when Giles and Xander were talking and uh, and Giles says, uh, or Xander says, she was better than me. And Giles was just like, yes, much much better. better. (laughs) Okay, I have three more. Go. Cordelia, do I have something on my neck? Vampula, not yet. That was good. No more Snuggies? Yes. I've got double guilt coupons. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that was at the end. I have double guilt coupons. I I see where vice leads. (laughs) She knew, and yet she still went down that road. She, How many guilt coupons do you think she has now? Oh, so many. Jesus. She bakes cookies for everybody in something blue when she's feeling guilty. Oh, well, I forgot to mention, uh, casually, Giles asked Willow to do crimes again. Anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Immediately, like right away. I'm tired of doing things for people. Hey, Willow, can you do a crime? Yeah. <laughs> she just like skips off. Okay. I'll do crimes. Oh, and then all this like Faith stuff, I'd be like, Faith, get out of my fucking business. You don't get to know that I'm hacking in the mayor. That was yeah. a plot point for later. Yeah. I didn't appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you tell me our, our updates for our watch? I need All to right, know what we watch. Just a few watches. I, I missed this one, but Xander buttoned down tank top watch. 
I didn't even notice Ooh, what Xander was willing. I didn't either. I'll try to look at Xander as little as possible. Yeah, fuck huh, it. Well, nobody, nobody. I, I just remember a sweater, but nothing else. Yeah. Maroon jacket still. Uh, just where the fuck is it? It must I be a season four. One. Yeah, almost season four. Giles being mean to Oz. There is an A. They're not together. NA. Devin watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. baby. <laughs> Climbing up that rope and insulting those fruity jazz <laughs> bands. <laughs> The professional bands can play up to six, sometimes seven completely different chords. That's just like fruity jazz bands. Streets Ahead. We were on Maple Court. We were. But I didn't catch any new, I didn't any new ones. No. And then Giles' most dangerous KO is still Quinn Post. Quinn Post. That's right. And he, he survived this episode fine. He did. He didn't do anything, really. Did he? No. I mean, like casual fighting. He kind of took down a vampire. Yeah. Outside the bronze, right? Yeah. Well, when they stormed in. Mm-hmm. in the back because they were on the back of the stage or whatever because right. Xander I thought was going to take it although Xander does flip a dude wow. but it's uh, but Giles is the one that jumps on top of him and stakes the shit Man, out of him that yeah. fight seems a blur I just remember Buffy with the pull cue Xander I beg you not to help me I just remember them being like help me I'm being strangled and Buffy just continues like she sees and then just keeps fighting <laughs> one second I gotta <laughs> why wouldn't you run for your just friend and then also, how can you yell when you're getting choked out? I think that Willow is not very good at choking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently maybe, not. I guess right? <laughs> maybe that's not something you do in your world, right? Like <laughs> she never has to choke, so like she thinks she's choking. I mean, they don't breathe, right? Right. So it's like this is definitely how he, how humans breathe. <laughs> that's all I can because she just clamping because she gets a straight yell like I'm being choked out. I I I shouldn't be able to say anything. Yeah. But she's just like, Buffy! Buffy! <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. Uh, if you miss us between now and our next episode, I want you to know that you can find us everywhere on the internet. That's going to be at BeatMePod, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, all those places. Also, website, BeatMePod.wordpress.com. And it's got fun little pictures and like notes about our show. And if you're like, hey, where'd you get that reference from? It'll be there. Isn't that neat? You could also listen to every song that's been in our podcast episodes as well as any episode. Any song that's been in the episodes of television that we are watching you can listen to those on our playlist at spotify that'll be beat me hyphen fun time playlist for podcast fans season three but now i think it's time what we've all been waiting for to rank this sucker it's gonna be a high one just so you know willow hacks we talk about the net we are breaking in to mayor's files doing crimes and fucking magic we do both get an eight would have put it higher but didn't need to mm. didn't need to joyce didn't show up. Thank you. Oh my Five. God. That is like low key. <laughs> Didn't even think about it. Wow. She could have really ruined this episode. She could have. She could have <laughs> fucked my whole shit oh, up. But that's, that's thank so you, good. Joyce, for not thank being you so around. Much. Giles uh, gets an eight. Three piece suit. The Willow hug. I mean, that in and of itself. Come on. Uh, Monster of the Week. Willow. Ten. Automatically. Vampire Willow gets a ten. We just, I mean, she's the reason this episode even exists mm-hmm. because she's such a cool, fun character. I'm not a vampire. You are. Relationship goodness or badness. Now, it's sad that Willow feels neglected. Uh, she feels walked all over. That's a bummer that our friends, they're not doing it intentionally, but just like the way that they're being inconsiderate with yes. how they're dealing with their friend. So that will bring it down some. But other, when everybody, again, the library scene, so sad that Willow's dead. I just think that that's a testament to how much they love each other. Absolutely. So that's going to get an eight, only brought down by Sad Willow. And then episode specific. That's me as a vampire? I mean, I'm so evil and skanky, and I think I'm kind of gay, because you can't not. <laughs> 10 of 10, because what an iconic line. Yeah, yeah. Angel's Well actually is one of the, <laughs> yep. the best things ever. 
49 total number one for the season surpassing the wish which is pretty funny yeah. yes i mean that we both are we all loved it yeah i mean that's a high one i think for all of us so mine's number one what do you got right oh also this is the 50th episode which is right. not like that big of a deal but it's weird to think that we've done 50 of these actually 52 because i was going to remind you that it was the 50th yeah. and then i didn't i should have brought my noisemaker that you guys like so much oh, what's that remember when it was buffy's birthday and i scared you and upset the dogs What's the noisemaker, though? That thing goes... Why didn't you bring it? I know. I should have. Ah, that would have been... It? Because it's the 50s it's episode. 50th it feels episode. important somehow. Who, do you know who the band was? That uh, we watched, Case Choice. That we watched that music video for? <laughs> <laughs> In this stupid fucking episode of uh, TV that we were trying to watch, but I had to watch a fucking music video. Apparently, they're like the most famous band, according to Kelly, that's ever been on the show, except for Michelle Branch, and I was like, the most oh, famous. A- they couldn't even afford to buy a comb. Like, the lead singer's hair was tragic. I yes. feel like Case Choice and Chiba so which is setting the bar kind of low. I mean, I love Chiba Motto, but like... But they, you got a Lenin in there. That's the... Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the... Inherently bigger, but I mean, you can tell that that like case choice because we watched the music video. As you oh so yeah, I know. And it's yeah. like I mean, it's just it was uh, it was. I like the music though at the beginning before it turned into a '90s song. But like <laughs> when it was just like do 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 the little plotting bass, and then it was like we're in the '90s. Number one overall of 50. That's right. No. Okay. But it is. I ranked it eight out of 50. Okay. That seems low, but fine. It is below Becoming Part 2, Becoming Part 1, Welcome to the Hellmouth, and The Wish. So The Wish is higher. The Wish is one higher. Okay. And then it's above Angel Halloween Band Candy Lovers Walk. Bad girls. Okay. Those are all strong. I don't know why. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the ones that are above it, like Prophecy Girl, When She Was Bad, Passion, et cetera, et cetera, they feel iconic and yeah. like touchstones for the show. Like you wouldn't have that show without these episodes, whereas Doppelganger is fun, but if you take it out, literally nothing changes. Yeah. So that's always the, the balance, that, right? We bring that yeah. up a lot where it's like, this doesn't impact the rest of the show. We don't really have a ton of character development other than, you know, you could say Willow obviously is, is going mm-hmm. through some stuff, but it, like, is that how we're, we're measuring it? Right. Like we, we tend to, I tend to at least go back to, I had the best time. And this is an episode I do go back and watch just for fun. Like, I remember I was like, oh, I know every word to this silly 90s song in this, in this episode because I've watched yeah. it so many times. My mouth is a key. What? That's horrifying. Now Think about it. Oh, God. Where my like, is it just mouth sticking out of, like, a blank space in your face? Is <laughs> like, a key sticking out? Do you use your, your face? face to open something else? Yeah. What's up? Yikes. Yeah, There's a great. chair in my mind. <laughs> On which I like to sit. Look at that grammar. With a key mouth. <laughs> <laughs> this person is horrifying. <laughs> Nightmare creature. <laughs> I feel the same way. I feel like it's so hard because you're like entertainment alone. If that was the if that was what it was all about, then this would be a top tenner, I think. Right. There's so much fun. And the Zeppo wouldn't be nowhere because like I said last time or two weeks ago or whatever it was. I don't. I would never fire that up and be like, "Let's do Zeppo time." Right. But I would definitely fire this up and be like, "Let's fucking have fun with crazy, you know, crazy Willow, mm-hmm. alternate reality Willow." Mm-hmm. So, 
and the way that I and I kept thinking of the Zeppo this whole time because of Willow, and we talked about you know what if Willow got her own Zeppo? This is not that, right? But it is, but it is, uh, it is interesting, and and so the Zeppo is definitely more unique than this. This definitely has all the contrivances, good and bad, of a of a great Buffy. Episode. Yeah, conceptually, it's not like barrier breaking. Yeah, exactly, and so that's and so that's why I think the Zeppo still wins out, just because again, it's like mm-hmm. the. It, such an iconic episode of TV mm-hmm. for this. Uh, so for me, that kind of knocks this one out of the top 10. And so for me, it was like, how close do we get to the top 10? Mm-hmm. Um, there were moments where I was like, this is going to be number 11. Cause I'm going to be like, it's just one outside, but I'm like, I don't even know if it's like an 11, you know, like this wouldn't be my honorable mention. Maybe, maybe it will be. And I'm going to be sad about this, but I think I'm going to put it down a little bit lower, but still very high. I think this is the second highest, of the show so far, it's number 16 Nice for me out of 137. Yeah. Because it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is probably the best Joss written episode so far. I mean, obviously it did the first ones, but it's hard because the first ones are so iconic too. You want to put those up high because without those, literally the show doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think this is the best writing that the show's had. I think this is the most fun and funny that I've ever experienced. And it's always fun to have Willow. Just follow Willow on a Willow story. It's great. Yeah, I, I've watched these episodes, like this episode in particular, so many times and just still like laugh out loud at the part because it's just like, God, it's so good. Yeah. You guys are so funny. Little, just little moments and you don't expect to laugh and everybody's got their own spots where they just die. It's just so, so the range of comedy in this is really, really well done. I mean, I good agree. job, Joss. That was Doppelgangland. It was great. I wish every okay. episode could be so fun, but then we know we need we need plot moving drama too. That's also why I like the show. So let's get some of that in the next episode, which is going to be enemies. It's going to be chock full of that drama stuff. We'll be back on March sixteenth for that. So get yourselves ready. A little bit of a break, uh, but don't don't worry. We'll we'll be back. We'll always come back. Always. Stacia, say goodbye. Alf Peter saying. Daniel, say goodbye. Oh, uh, goodbye. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Goodbye. I swear, I am just trying to find my necklace. Well, did you try looking inside the sofa in hell? Hey, maybe you can have Angel help you find the gorgeous. You even look pretty when you go to sleep. Does this look like a Barnes & Noble? I look cute in a tiara. I'm looking around, guy. <laughs>